0: Well, the NBA draft happened and it did not go at all how I and most in Sacramento thought it would. It started with a trade that we thought was going to happen between the Kings and the LA Lakers completely falling through. And then it ended with the Kings deciding to select Davion Mitchell with the ninth overall pick Davion Mitchell, who, although I recognize his talents as a NBA prospect, I spent no time talking about him in our pre-draft build-up because I didn't expect the Kings to have much interest in him. Well, he's a Sacramento King now. We'll talk about him and we'll talk about the Kings being used by the Los Angeles Lakers in trade talks. It's all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game by game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January all the way through to December. This is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I hope you enjoyed our NBA draft coverage. The Locked On NBA Draft Live Show was an incredible hit, had at 1.5 plus thousand of you tuning in live. I hope you enjoyed the entire draft coverage that we put together. Unfortunately, from the Sacramento Kings perspective, the night didn't go as well as we had hoped. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento Sports Radio host for the last 6, nearly 7 years. This will be season number 8 for me covering the Kings both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. And here's the reality of the situation. Um I'm not thrilled at all with how this Kings draft went. I am thrilled, though, that this post draft edition of the Locked On Kings podcast is airing on YouTube, our first Locked on Kings podcast video edition available for you on the Locked on Kings YouTube channel. So audio listeners, if you want to be a part of the video side of this podcast, make sure you are subscribing to YouTube. But those of you watching on YouTube for the first time, welcome. If this is your first time listening to the Locked on Kings, welcome. We are your daily podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage, regular season, off season. Does not matter. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm happier to have you here that I am happy to talk about what this draft ended up being. And I said this on the live draft show, and and it still feels the same way. No matter what selection the Kings had made at nine, unless it was like something crazy like Suggs or Green or Mobley falling to nine, which was never going to happen, it would have felt underwhelming. And that's because of what happened earlier in the day in the trade conversation between the Sacramento Kings and the Los Angeles Lakers. Now about 72 hours ago, this really started to pick up steam earlier in the week. We started hearing about the Los Angeles Lakers and their interest in buddy healed. And we started hearing about these packages that included Kyle Kuzma, included either Montrez Harrell or Contavious Caldwell Pope. I spent a lot of time talking about both those two, but especially a Contavius Caldwell Pope addition to Kuzma deal. Uh, then we heard the, pick number 22 was going to be involved and Ultimately, it turned into what I thought was going to be peak value for Buddy Heald. I don't know if the Kings and Kings fans really could have hoped for better value for Buddy coming into this offseason. Buddy Heald on a contract that is in year two, $22 million this year. Now it goes down $2 million every single season, so it's a little bit easier to trade as time goes on. But the Kings don't have a lot of cap space. They need to make changes if they're hoping to make the playoffs. And overall, all the moves that I wanted the Sacramento Kings to make this offseason, but especially around this NBA draft were to accumulate assets that'll make an immediate impact, pieces that will come here to Sacramento and help this team win right away. The Kings are in the business of improving the right now, not looking better in the years to come. This team still has a ways to go before they're competing for an NBA championship. That's for sure. I'm not saying their window for a championship is right now, but patience is tapped here in Sacramento. And if you're a Kings fan, I don't have to tell you that. 15 straight seasons of no playoffs, an NBA record, 16 straight seasons. If they make the or miss the playoffs next year, it's staring the Sacramento Kings right in the face. So Monty McNair, the Sacramento Kings, they don't have the luxury of looking at this draft and going, Hey, what's this high ceiling project that we can invest two to three years into that can maybe turn into the star. Your star is here in De'Aaron Fox. Your complimentary piece, Tyree Halliburton, is here right now. Not to mention you do have other pieces like Harrison Barnes, for example, that are good enough for this team to at least be in the playoff conversation. Even if it's a low seed, doesn't matter. Just get yourself into the postseason and avoid that NBA record. So regardless of what the Kings did in this draft and this offseason, I had just one wish, which is acquire players that are going to help you win now. Now, it's obviously a lot easier to acquire those players via trade trading for veterans or those with NBA experience than it is out of rookies. However, I thought that there would be some rookies in that nine range that could make some sort of an immediate impact that the Kings are looking for. I will say I didn't expect Davion Mitchell to be one of them, but I'm getting my head of myself a little bit. Let's go back to the trade that really got this entire party started. So the Kings and the Lakers are having these conversations uh, or reported conversations of the past 72 hours and suddenly names like Kuzma, Montrezl Harrell uh, and pick number 22 are being floated out there as a return for Buddy Heald. And I'm thrilled by the idea of this, right? But the big question mark we have though is before this trade could happen, which by the way, it couldn't be completed until uh, August 6th, I believe. For this trade to happen and for trade talks to really get serious, Montrezl Harrell would have to opt into his nine million dollar player option. Well, he did that around noon, in between noon one o'clock, and quickly from there, things started picking up steam. Adrian Wojnarowski was the first one to report that Montrezl Harrell was opting into this deal, and immediately followed it up with this. Now lays the groundwork for these conversations. Um, to actually happen or the, this trade to actually happen between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Sacramento Kings. And normally when Woj tweets something like that, it means it's going to happen. So I completely believed that we were going to get that mainly Kuzba, Buddy Heald, uh, Los Angeles Lakers, Sacramento Kings trade, which by the way, would have been the first trade between those two franchises in the Sacramento era of the Kings franchise. <laughs> we know the history between those two teams. It's crazy to think about how those two teams have never engaged in a trade. But based off of what happened, maybe it's understandable why those teams have not engaged in trade talks or why the Kings have not been able to get a deal done. So Mantras Hale opts in, sounds like this deal is going to happen, and suddenly out of nowhere comes this curveball from Shams of The Athletic, and he says, oh, hold on, wait a minute, there's a conversation going on between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Washington Wizards involving Russell Westbrook coming to L.A. So like, okay, whoa, the Lakers are really trying to make some moves. Then Shams follows that up a couple minutes later with the pieces going to Washington in this alleged deal, Montrez Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and pick number 22. The four assets, the Kings were only going to get three out of the four. They only really wanted three out of the four. But the four assets that were brought up in this hypothetical Kings-Lakers trade, all four of them, Off to our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. What happened? What happened? What I think happened is the Sacramento Kings got used as leverage. I think the Sacramento Kings... and Actually, hold on. I think the Los Angeles Lakers do want Buddy Heald. I do think they have an interest in Buddy Heald. I don't think they were faking interest in Buddy Heald. In fact, I'm confused, as are many Lakers fans, which I saw on Twitter... I'm I'm confused why they think that the addition of Russell Westbrook is better for their team than Buddy Hield. Now in terms of player straight up, we know Russell Westbrook, former MVP, triple-double machine, absolute beast. But there's no spacing on that team with Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook and LeBron James and literally that's it. Pretty much all their other players under contract they just traded away. So they have a lot of work to do to fill out the rest of their roster. And I believe those three combined make over $120 million. The salary cap is 112. The luxury tax is like 135 or 136. I'm imagining they're going to surpass that in some way, shape, or form. But essentially, I believe the Kings were used as leverage. I believe the Los Angeles Lakers wanted to see if they could get a player of Russell Westbrook's caliber anywhere. But obviously, especially from... The Washington Wizards, and as the intensity of this deal between the Kings and the Lakers and those talks became more public and became more real, and Montrez Harrell opting in really made this a possibility. Suddenly, the Washington Wizards were maybe a little more willing to move on from Russell Westbrook for the package that the Lakers were offering. All I know is I'm not going to say the Kings got screwed, but once again, the Lakers beat them. It's it's just. L.A., man, the Los Angeles Lakers, just they continue to defeat the Sacramento Kings. And maybe this is why you don't try and make a deal with the Lakers, because they'll pull a fast one on you. But I feel bad for Monty McNair. I don't necessarily blame general manager Monty McNair for the deal falling through. And we heard from Woj that while these conversations were still ongoing, the Kings were aggressively trying to get reinvolved in the deal because I think Monty McNair knew that the package they were getting from LA is probably their best they're going to get for Buddy Heald. But as I say that, you're still the general manager of this team and you still had a deal on the table that fell through. You can't ignore that. That's something that Monty McNair and the Kings are just going to have to deal with. This deal was now agreed to. It can't be completed, like I said, until August 6th, but the deal has been agreed to between both sides. And here the Sacramento Kings are. We thought we were going to head into the draft knowing that the Lakers would be selecting uh, someone at pick 22 that would come to Sacramento, that Buddy Heal would be on the way out, that the Kings would add depth in uh, Kyle Kuzma at the four spot, add a big man aggressive presence in Montrez Herald that this team could desperately use. And on top of that, we heard reports yesterday or earlier in the day, honestly, all the hours are blending together at this point. We heard reports that uh, are from Mark Stein, who said that uh, Rashawn Holmes was more than likely going to resign in Sacramento or that he believes Rashawn is staying in Sacramento. So suddenly we're going into the draft going, the Kings are still going to have their number nine pick where they can pick whoever they want and they're going to have all these assets already accumulated, that's rad. And then it didn't happen. Wind out of your sails, the draft starts, and it really only got worse from there. Before we talk about the Kings selection of Davion Mitchell, how the board played out before we got to pick number nine, I want to let you know that today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait for the person behind the counter to order the parts on their computer and they choose only the brands that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers. You have access to rockauto.com. You can bypass all that and find the best deals for yourself. My car is currently in the shop. I ran over a tire on the freeway, actually did some pretty bad damage to my fuel line uh, and my radiator. The parts that the dealership wanted to use to fix my car were way more expensive than my insurance and I were willing to cover. I went to rockauto.com. I found the parts that I wanted that the insurance was able to cover. And it saved me so much money. RockAuto.com, it's a family-owned business. Save time and money by checking out all of their parts. And when you go to RockAuto.com, make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know what we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. So we have the disappointment of the Kings pre-draft trade falling through. You have the natural frustration and anger towards the Los Angeles Lakers. You have the misguided hope that maybe Monty McNair will be able to work the Kings back into the deal somehow or find another deal uh, involving Buddy Heald and getting some kind of strong return like you were potentially going to get from Los Angeles. We've heard interest from the Philadelphia 76ers and Buddy Heald. And hey, deals like this could still happen, But again, the wind was taken out of our sails heading into this draft. There was a frustration, there was a disappointment, but there was also a hope that what we've been talking about for the last month, really, the Kings using this number nine pick, trading it on draft night, attaching it to a player like Buddy Hield or even a Marvin Bagley to get a veteran piece or two in return. There were hopes that that was going to happen. In the end, it turned out to be just, like I said, an underwhelming, boring draft night. For Sacramento. So the draft starts pretty normal. Cade Cunningham, uh, Jalen Green. Then you the surprise of Scotty Barnes uh, going to the Raptors at four after Evan Mobley goes three. And from that point on, this draft just becomes a crapshoot. Josh Kitty, uh goes up high. And then you have Franz Wagner, who many of you know has been My top guy, I talked a lot about Franz Wagner here on the Locked On Kings podcast. I spent more time, maybe he and Moses Moody were pretty 50-50 in terms of the amount of time that I spent on them, uh, previewing them and how they could fit with the Sacramento Kings building up to this draft. But Franz Wagner goes off the board at eight, which I was disappointed because I really thought the Kings were going to leave the draft with Franz Wagner. In fact, I was feeling pretty good earlier today when I thought the Kings were going to end up heading into or out of the draft with a trade agreement where they'd have Kyle Kuzma on their roster, Montrez Harrell on their roster, Rashawn Holmes hopefully coming back, and the addition of Franz Wagner as well. Man, I, I was ready to do cartwheels on this YouTube show and probably break my shoulder uh, falling on my tile floor that I have here in my office. But instead, Wagner's off the board at eight. I'm disappointed, but Moses Moody's still there. And like I said, if Franz Wagner has been my 1A, Moses Moody has been a close 1B. And those have flip-flopped at times. I've even put Moses Moody ahead of Franz Wagner. Something i okay, Moses Moody is here. Book Knight is here. Uh, if you wanted to go the big man route, Sangoon is here. There are options here for the Sacramento Kings that make sense for what they're trying to do. But to me, other than Franz Wagner, Moses Moody checked the most boxes. And on top of that he actually provided the Kings with more offense, more floor spacing, more shooting than Wagner did. Now I know Moody lacks athleticism, but the defense, the wingspan, the shooting, it's all there. And he would fit and provide depth for the Kings. I know he's more of a two, three rather than a three, four, but still would be able to provide some wing depth for Sacramento and and establishing and adding wing depth in this draft and really in this offseason as a whole has been one of my key wish list items for the Sacramento Kings. They need to add and address their wing depth because it's pretty much Harrison Barnes alone on an island right now. And who knows if Mo Harkless is going to come back, if the Kings are going to be able to bring him back. So Moses Moody's right there. Makes a whole lot of sense. And for a long time, we didn't hear what the pick was going to be, which makes me think... One, the Kings play everything really close to the chest. They have not leaked who they've worked out. Uh, all of these leaks, I believe, from this Buddy Hield, uh, Kyle Kuzma negotiations, Lakers-Kings negotiations, I believe, all came from the Los Angeles Lakers. I don't believe any of it came from Sacramento, truly. I don't believe it came from Sacramento. It's just not what Monty McNair and this front office uh, do. It's just not who they've been. About three, almost four minutes pass in the five minute countdown that the Kings have before making their selection. And we still don't know what the pick's going to be, which makes me think the Kings were either aggressively shopping this pick or maybe scrambling to decide who they were going to end up selecting with Wagner getting taken one spot ahead at number eight. And then the Woj bomb happened more of a woge firecracker in the grand scheme of things, but a woge bomb here in Sacramento. The Kings have Davion Mitchell at the top of their board. Davion Mitchell, who I didn't even give much of a thought as to coming to Sacramento, not just because of the guard depth that the Kings already have with De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton here, but the fact that if you're looking for defensive upgrades which I do believe Davion Mitchell is pieces like Wagner pieces like Moody, a guy like book all three of these I think could have addressed that problem just as well. And also filled a position of need to be blunt about it. I don't like the pick. I don't like the pick. I'm not a fan of it. I see the positives that Davion Mitchell brings. I see the upside and I understand how he can potentially help this Sacramento Kings team, but I don't like the pick. I don't understand the pick. I think there were better options there and I really can't make a lot of sense of it. If the Kings were making this selection with the attention of, uh, of trading him, then I feel like it would have already been reported or it would have been reported at that time that the Kings were making that selection for another team. So that was off the table. I know the Kings have gotten in trouble in the past drafting for fit rather than best player available. So maybe they felt that Mitchell was the best player available at this spot, which is very, very easy to debate with some of those other names that I just said that were available. And on top of that, For a point guard, a modern point guard, Davion Mitchell is pretty undersized. Six foot two is what he's listed at. Some say he's only six foot one and he's older, played three years in college, but he redshirted one year. So really spent all four years in college. The first year at Auburn, redshirted then a year at Baylor before playing a couple of seasons and then declaring for the draft. I just don't get it. Now I'm hoping he proves me wrong. I really am hoping that he proves me wrong because if he provides that perimeter on ball defensive tenacity that we've heard so much about and I've watched bits and pieces of Davion Mitchell play and I've liked what I've seen. So I do understand how he can be a benefit for the Sacramento Kings. I just don't know if I'll believe it can work until I actually see it. Do the Kings view Davion Mitchell as a? bench contributor at best? Well, sure, maybe at first as a rookie, he can come in off the bench. That's no big deal. But I think there was talent available at this range that could have become a starter for you, a starter on a good team. Or do you think that the Kings can eventually work it out to where they really lean into the concept of positionless basketball and run three guards who are all primary ball handlers in Fox, Mitchell, and Halliburton. I will say I'm intrigued by that idea, but I I have to see it first if I'm going to believe it. I hope Davion Mitchell proves me wrong. I hope the Kings prove me wrong with this. And I have a feeling that fans are actually going to like Davion Mitchell a lot. I have a feeling I'm going to like Davion Mitchell a lot with what he's going to provide. But I also feel like we're going to be looking back at this draft and pieces that were available, Moody, Booknight, the main two, see them thrive elsewhere and go, I wonder if that would have been better for Sacramento, if that would have made more sense for Sacramento. So it feels like an experiment. One thing I don't buy into though, is that this opens the door for the Kings to move on from Fox or Halliburton. I don't believe that one bit. I don't think that has anything to do with this draft selection. If the Kings are trying to replace one of the two of those guys and they rely on Davion Mitchell to be that replacement, good luck. Also, Davion Mitchell... His three-point shooting is a big question mark because he shot in the high 20s, low 30s in his first two seasons in college and then suddenly shot 44% from three-point range this last season for Baylor. So what year is the anomaly? Most people are believing that the 44% year is the anomaly. But one thing we know for sure is if you're going to be a point guard in the modern NBA, you have to be able to shoot. Do I expect Davion Mitchell to shoot 44% for the Sacramento Kings? No. Do I need him to shoot 40 plus percent? It would be nice, but no. If Davion Mitchell is a 37 plus percent three-point shooter as a guard for Sacramento, getting significant minutes, which I believe he will, then I'm okay with that. But that's another thing to keep an eye on. I will say too, I was a big fan of the selection that the Kings made in the second round with the 39th overall pick. They got the tallest player in the draft. Nimaeus Kita, out of Utah State. Seven foot, 245 pound junior center. This guy is an analytics darling to say the least. The Kings need big man depth. He will provide it. He averaged 15 points, 10 rebounds, three blocks and a steal per game for Utah State. Rafael Barlow on our... Locked on NBA Draft Show said he wouldn't be surprised if Keita became the starting center for the Sacramento Kings by the time the season was over. I'm not going to go that far with a second round pick, but I will say I think he can crack the rotation and be an important rotation piece for Sacramento. He's athletic, he's big, he's long, and he does what the Kings need, rim protection and rebounding. So I like this selection. I'm excited to see him play. I hope you made some money on this NBA draft by betting on it on betonline.ag. And with the exception of the first three picks, with how crazy and wild this draft was, there are some good chances to make some big money. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. They're also the official sports gambling partner of the locked on podcast. Now we're gonna get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the NBA, MLB, NHL, NFL, or your UFC MMA action, golf, the Olympics, they have it all, plus some fun prop bets. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And when you head to the website to sign up. Use a promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus, 50%. It's free money to gamble with on Bet Online. your online sportsbook experts. I want to know how you feel about this draft. I'm just underwhelmed. I'm underwhelmed. I'm disappointed with how the day went as a whole. I'm disappointed with the, the trade falling through. I'm disappointed with the Kings being used by the Lakers. I'm disappointed by the Davion Mitchell selection and not having Franz Wagner or Moses Moody come to Sacramento. I'm just disappointed. I'm underwhelmed. And ultimately this Kings team that needed to address wing depth failed to do so in the draft, which is not the end of the world. This is just the start of the off season. They still have free agencies. They still have a lot of time, but they also still have their same problem. They have very little cap space, and still i believe at the top of their list of priorities is to re-sign Rashawn holmes so monty mcnair has a lot of work to do he hit home run in his first draft with tyrese halliburton i'm hoping davion mitchell can be a double but as a whole there is still a lot that the kings have to accomplish here in this offseason if they want to make their goal of actually making the playoffs next season a reality so This offseason is really, truly just getting started. Whatever happens this offseason, we will cover it here on the Locked on Kings podcast. I can guarantee you that. But I want to hear how you feel about this Kings draft. If you like it, tell me why. If you don't, Tell me why. I probably will agree with you for the majority of that. But you can reach me on Twitter at Matt George Radio. You can email me at any time, mgeorge at saclocalmedia, saclocalmedia.com. Or if you're watching on YouTube, drop it in the comments. Let me know how you feel. I'd love to get in touch with you, hear and read your opinions, and engage you in conversation more outside of the podcast itself. On tomorrow's Locked on Kings podcast, I'm planning on having ABC 10's Sean Cunningham join me for an interview. We will talk about this Davion Mitchell selection amongst other things. And you best believe a lot of the draft experts that you heard here on the Locked on Kings podcast leading up to the draft, a lot of the experts that you saw on that Locked on NBA draft live show and on all the coverage building up to the draft, you best believe that I'm going to have them here on the Locked on Kings podcast again. And I'm going to try and partner with them to figure out what in the world the Sacramento Kings were doing. Of course, a Buddy Hills trade could still happen, uh, Marvin Bagley trade could still happen. God, I'm hoping at least one of those two things happens. If it does, we'll cover it on the Locked on Kings podcast. So be sure to keep an eye and an ear out for that. If you could leave a review of the podcast, that would be fantastic as well. Best place to do that is on Apple podcasts uh, or iTunes. And if you're not subscribe to the Locked on Kings YouTube channel, I look forward to doing more video content in the future, video interviews, and so much fun here coming to the YouTube channel. So I hope you enjoyed the draft in some way, shape, or form. I still had a good time, even though it wasn't the best of nights for the Sacramento Kings, but we'll have to wait and see what the Kings do with the remainder of this offseason. Can't wait to join you on the next Locked On Kings podcast. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.